If you're an adventurer, there's one place that you absolutely have to shop. There is, because there's this place called Mototomic, and they have the gas can hoodie, which when you put it on, it feels like a hug. And if you're a true adventure rider, you know that some days don't go as planned and you need a hug. But not only the gas can hoodie, Mototomic has other things too. Like what, Cappy? Like beanies, cups, stickers, t-shirts, and probably my favorite dry bag. That orange dry bag is badass. It is. Mototomic.com. Link in the description. So, Chappie, I got a confession to make. Confess to me. I've been talking to our buddy from B-Moto, Paco Pete. You know B-Moto, that shop that does really cool stuff like... Off-road performance engines and suspensions. They even can Cerakote with ceramic finishes. So the outside is just as strong as the inside. Which is awesome and brings me to my confession, Cody Proof Certification. Because Paco Pete told me they're going to take care of my engine and Cody Proof it. That's something that not too many places can say. No, definitely not. I would just suggest go over to bmoto.com and check it out. They've got some pictures of what they do. Bootiche.com. Link in the description of the podcast. Yes, because it's hard to spell, but they do good work. You're listening to the Throttled Adventures Podcast. And now, your hosts, Cody and Chappie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Throttled Adventures. Yes, welcome. Hello, Cody. Hi, Chappie. So, I see you've been out riding. I have been out riding. You are correct. And you, you have some new gear. I got some Mototomic gear, not just you new did. gear. Rated M. That's yes. cool. Thank you. Now I have two jerseys currently. And awesome. I got an open up and say brap sticker that's like huge. Yeah. I know you're listening, so you can't see this, but Chappie can. It's like this big. It's not a fish yes. story. It's freaking I've huge. Got a, I've got a dirt sticker like that. And a, a pin, like you can pin to your oh, shirt. Oh, he's sending you a pin too. Cool. And a, a t-shirt was thrown in there. Yeah. Which is really comfortable, like somebody told me. So thank you, Dan. It matches. Yeah, it matches the one I got. Thank you, Dan the man and Chappy the man. Mototomic. Yeah, Check them out. Which I got my. Yeah, that's a badass shirt. Mototomic. Oh, yeah. And I got those, uh, two of those stickers. Rockin' Robert. I the love it. They're so comfortable. I mean, they're like that favorite shirt that you have that's, you know, worn in, but these are new. They're just badass. I get three days off. I got three t shirts now. So And we don't get paid to say this, but you get a discount. Yes. If you want to check it out and try some for yourself, because really it's quality gear and I love it. Their dry bags are really good too. Use the code throttled ADV and you get 20% off. How do you spell that, Chappie? Oh, man. No, I'm serious. It took me a couple tries to get my discount code to work. T H R O T T L E D. Yes. There's ADV, three no T's space. And throttled. No space. No space. And it That's what was messing whether you me use up. Capitals or not? It was messing me up because I kept putting the space. Yes, it's no space. If you use the code throttled ADV, no spaces. Doesn't matter if you capitalize or or not. You can use all small letters. It works that way. Dan has graciously given us a twenty percent discount to share with our listeners. 
It's awesome. Head on over there and check it out. If you see something you like, use the code. You save 20%. Or don't. We'll just have cooler jerseys than you. Yeah, and their stuff is not insanely expensive. You know, it's 25 bucks for a t-shirt. The jersey's 30 31 or something like that. I mean, I was the same price really as impressed. buying. Yeah, same price as buying like a fly or answer or, I mean, it's half the price of an Alpine Stars or a 7 jersey, you know. So, I mean, there's tons of them out there that are more expensive. And currently, but, uh, not everybody else has one. So yes. you'll be a trendsetter yourself. Yeah, and it's like the coolest design. I mean, you're not going to find that on anybody else's stuff. Nope. I did see uh, For the Love of Knobs has a jersey, too. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few of them out there. Uh, Dork on the Road has one as well, I think. Cool. But yeah, and Jocelyn's got some gear. Matter of fact, she carries a 40-liter dry bag. I think you should brap on over. Use the code and get you some gear because it's cool. Yes. And it's quality. High quality. So, yes. What are we talking about today, Chappie? Today we are going to discuss the differences between on and off-road techniques and training and skills. On and off-road? Yes. The difference is one letter. On-road. On-road has two letters, and off has three. Yes, I know, but N and F are different. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's... That's like letters, but yeah, yeah. There's different techniques. Because there is, and thank God, different. thank God for all of you. We have Chappie here for the on road suggestions. You ride your bike on road? I do, but I I've never told anybody that I do it correctly. So, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it is kind of funny, but at the same time, I, like I know, I I could do better or more correct. Well, and I'm also going to say that riding a dual sport with varying knobbies on it is also going to change the technique that you're going to use as well. Yeah. Because if you go into a corner and lean like you're on a street bike. Lean uh, like that song? Yeah. There's a song, lean Lean Like the Cholo. Elbows up, side to side. Sorry, my daughter, she used to listen to this stuff and it sticks in my head. It's really catchy. Mm-hmm. But so if I'm on knobbies and I corner like the guy on the bullet bike in front of me, you're telling me I'm gonna face probably back. you're you're probably gonna what they call low side. That doesn't sound fun. No, especially on road. That sounds terrible. Absolutely. Yes, as we've discussed before, uh, off road you kind of go in knowing that you're gonna at least hit the dirt once. On road, you don't want to hit the the ground because it's usually, you know, ends your day. Yeah, um, it's a little not harder. Not only is it going to hurt, it's going to usually mess up your bike pretty good. A little harder surface probably sometimes and probably more speed involved. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, even slow speeds, I mean, um, not to get Debbie Downer, but um, my sister's neighbor debbie huh your sister's neighbor debbie no oh no debbie downer as in uh, 
I know. <laughs> you're lucky you're in fucking Utah, man. That's why I ass. love this. I love it. We're going to drop the gloves, Chappy. <laughs> I'd be kicking you under the goddamn table. You have to be, because you're a goalie. You got more padding on. Fuck. <sighs> but no, don't be a Debbie Downer, but you're telling me a story about your sister's... Yeah, uh, he... Uh, just walked outside and slipped on the ice on the sidewalk and fell backwards, whacked his head and died. What? He actually died. Yeah. He's hit his head on the, on the sidewalk. Oh man. So, and he was only in his thirties, I believe concrete and pavement. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't give. Well, and when you're walking, generally most of us don't wear our helmets. So, Right. Well, I mean, that's another thing. You know, there's states where you don't have to wear helmets on motorcycles. Yeah, so. I live in one. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. I don't uh, practice not wearing one, but. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, but you can, uh, you know, like if, if you don't want to, whatever. I have a couple of neighboring states that do not have helmet laws, but I wear my helmet when I'm in them. So My son-in-law calls these type of situations natural selection i prefer it to be legal to not wear a helmet myself just because i don't like being forced to do crap but if you're smart and you want you know if you want to ride tomorrow and the next day and the next day most of us wear helmets yeah see now i take a different look on that uh i don't think you're being forced to wear a helmet because you don't have to ride a bike no some of us have to did you see me when I thought I was going to lose my bike? Yes, but you don't. I, I probably looked to. like, uh, well, some of these whiners we'll see on YouTube. <laughs> I grew up on dirt bikes and you wore gear because you were going to fall. Exactly. So, yeah, I just got into the, the whole habit of it, I guess. I think it's a smart thing to do. but So, um, yeah, techniques for... On and off road, um, cornering would be the biggest, I would say biggest difference. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We'll just go over one of these, but I think this might be common between on and off road as you're turning. Do not hit the front brake. Uh, I would disagree with that off road. Really? Depending on the situation, if you're in a rut, dragging your front brake can keep the front tire in the rut. Interesting. I like to get out of the rut. <laughs> well, if you're using if you it can. to get around the corner. I mean, that's, yeah, like, I again, just... that's like motocross. Like, there's ruts. You're not going to stay out of all of them. No, I, I end up in all the ruts. But if you're using a rut as like a berm in a corner, uh, proper technique is you drag your front brake a little bit, and it keeps the front tire in the rut. Yeah, but let's say kind of flatter road, like forest fire roads. I'm just saying. Yes, if you're on a yeah. Don't hear brakes generally in a turn, right? Uh, right. I mean. Generally. I know there's I know there's other yeah, so situations. If you, need to, if you need to stop or emergency brake, uh, you need to upright the bike. Because getting on the brakes, you're going to crash. Yeah, generally when you're turning and leaning a motorcycle, brakes, eh, whatever. Now, I know, people, you can argue for each situation. Just talking generally here. Just just warming up to the idea here that there are some similar things and some that are going to be totally opposite. 
which Cappy was telling me about earlier. How uh, how do you weight and lean, etc., on road when you're turning? Well, yeah, you lean into the turn. Uh, if you watch your MotoGP riders and whatnot, that they lean off the bike to the inside of the corner. Whereas if you watch motocross riders, when they're riding their bike, they're actually sitting on the outside of the bike and they're weighting their outside peg, which is giving the bike traction to hold in the turn. They stick their leg out. It's a counterbalance. Well, no, the, the leg is out because they don't want it to catch on the dirt and drag the foot backwards, which is going to make them crash. So they want to get it as close to the handlebars as possible. When you're properly weighting the bike on the outside peg, uh, it's a lot easier to get that leg up there. So they're actually sitting on the, you're sitting on almost the side of the bike. Yeah. If you're doing it properly. The way it was described to me is basically you lean the bike over, say I'm turning right. I'll push the bike down and I'll put, this is just how it was explained to me, put my butt crack on the, so it would be the left crease of the seat if the seat's creased. Yes. And obviously weight the outside peg. Push down on the outside peg. Yes. Now, if I did that on the street, Chappie, what's going to happen? You're not going to turn as sharp on a street bike. And generally, I don't know, people would look at you like you're crazy too. Yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> even even when I'm not doing that, I get that. But no, it's interesting for me because I'm always on knobbies. 50-50 yeah. tire. So leaning over is a little nerve-wracking for me. Yeah, at high speed. I just don't know when they're... When they're going to break, and I've heard horror stories. and Yeah, you probably want to not, like, stick your leg up underneath the handlebars, but probably want to half, half and half that on the knobby tires on the pavement. Because if you lean the bike over too far, you're getting to the smaller knobbies on the, on the sides of the tire. And my worry's always been that they would even pass that and break free, like slide yeah i fortunately i haven't had that happen yeah so for me I i've just had done it happen it. to dirt though yeah and the dirt happens <laughs> more often than not sometimes but and usually it's because you're going too fast and you lean the bike over too much with no rut or berm to nothing to grab you yeah but as far as on road i just i've been doing it by feel i mean i would never tell anybody i have the correct way to ride a dual sport on road I just don't go above however I'm comfortable with, you know, if I have to slow down for a turn. Yeah. You probably want to stay close, closer to the speed limits. I don't care if the guy in front of me is a fast demon. And like when I'm going into a turn, I'm going to, I want to be comfortable knowing what my bike's going to do, et cetera. You know, on road, I don't want to, I don't need to prove myself nothing. <laughs> Off road, I might get a little crazy, do some stupid, stupid shit, but. Generally, it's a little more forgiving, and there's not a car or a semi coming the other way that will capitalize on my mistake and make me a pancake. Yeah, well, the first thing you want to do is watch your speed with the dual sport, especially in the turns, because you don't have uh, a smooth contact patch. It's, you know, knobbies. So now on my way out to you, that will be different. So that'll be fun. Yes. I think I'll just do a street tire all the way out to you. Be the first time on the 701 with the street tire. Yeah, and you'll want to probably practice that. Oh, you were talking about practice. What? What is that, Chappie? What is, what is practicing? Huh. 
Well, I mean, practicing is uh, your techniques and whatnot. Mostly, um, like for street riders, you want to find like uh, parking lots. Bigger the better. A controlled environment, basically. Yeah, because you're going to do, you're going to practice slow speed turns and stuff like that. Because that's where moving at speed, the bike doesn't want to lean over. Got these two huge gyroscopes, and the motor's a gyroscope too. It's constantly yeah. spinning. The bike does not want to sit over. If anybody has ever done in science class where you take a bicycle tire and they, it's on a rod and they spin that sucker and you try and turn it, it doesn't want to turn. It's not easy to make that thing lay flat. It wants to stay upright. Well, you've got two of those on your on your motorcycle. So when you lean into a turn at speed, the bike automatically wants to come back up. But when you're going slow speed, you have to counterweight. So it's almost Uh, like being on a dirt bike. That's why I like slow speed turns on road then. (laughs) Because it's like being on a dirt bike. Yes. Um, So yes, you go and you can practice your slow speed turns, which are for coming in and out of, you know, parking lots or at red lights and stuff like that. That's not for the twisties behind your buddy? Uh, No, that's usually not slow speed. Oh, I'm sorry. People that I've ridden with before. Sorry. (laughs) I'm exaggerating a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, your braking is going to be different on uh, dirt bikes versus street bikes as well. Because on a street bike, uh, generally they're heavy. Yes. So, I mean, my BMW is 500 pounds. And then I have a passenger sitting on the back that's sitting on the top of the bike. Bike is already top heavy. Plus, probably luggage. Yeah, plus the passenger. So we're talking 700 pounds. So you come up to a stop. You're supposed to use the back brake to finish the stop. But as like when you're in your car people that are pulling up to an intersection are already looking left and right to see if it's safe to go. You shouldn't be doing that on a motorcycle because coming up to that turn, when your head is turning, it's too easy for those handlebars to turn because the handlebars go where you go. When you turn your head, the I mean, the old adage Look where you want to go. It's true. And that's that's true with street bikes, dirt bikes, bicycles. Look where you want to go, and the muscle memory and everything takes over. Well, when you start looking left and right, if your handlebars turn a little bit and all of a sudden you stop, you're not in balance anymore because that wheel is turned. So you're you're turning the balance of the bike. Having that wheel turned makes it rickety. And if you have a bike that's got a high center of gravity like my BMW, it can be scary all of a sudden when that thing wants to go. That uh, That is true. You make a good point there. Uh, center of gravity because, I mean, I've had the... Sorry, I just dropped something. You'll have to edit that out. I've had, <laughs> I've had a, like a 
the V Star Eleven Hundred Classic, right? Kind of more mm-hmm. cruiser street bike, which was fun. Low that center, was of gravity. pretty low center of gravity. And now I'm riding on the road on the seven hundred one, and like I'm sitting about where the handlebars of my V Star probably were, as where my butt is now, and it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. And emer- emergency braking, I've, I tried that once. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I was solo on the Utah BDR. Started raining a little bit. Sun's going down. I'm in the aspen trees. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And uh, like I looked down to make sure I wasn't speeding or something. I mean, just down and back up, literally just real fast. And uh, Rocky, I think is what they used to call him. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Which one was the moose? Rocky? No, that was Bullwinkle. Okay, Bullwinkle decided he was coming out. Sorry, it's been a while, you know. (laughs) Anyway, I look up and Bullwinkle the moose is across the whole road. Like I see this silhouette and I'm not even exaggerating. In that moment, it looked like the fucking devil was out in the middle of the road. Like, it's just started raining. So it's really right on top of the road. It's slick. And I hit both brakes, you know, panicked. And probably looked funny, but when I ended that stop, my handlebars were way to my left and my rear wheel was like parallel with my handlebars. It was a little sketchy. So I would say that's the improper way to emergency brake. It worked for me that day, thank God, but I don't know what I did wrong, but I know that was not right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thankfully you weren't on something like the BMW because the <clears throat> the weight and the high center of gravity would have been uh, they would have made that a hell of a lot scarier. But then again, the Beamer has anti lock brakes. So yeah, I have my anti lock turned off like permanently. So I didn't know you had them. Uh, we had that option. Johnny Mac had the bike before me, and he put the little dongle in that disables it because. Well, we're mainly off-road, but... Yeah, I wouldn't want it off-road. Yeah, you don't want No, definitely not, but... Because there are times when you want to lock the back wheel because you got to get around something. That's fun. That's fun. Well, I mean... Off-road. To to get the bike turned, you know, depending on the situation. Yeah, you see a cliff coming up. You didn't notice it was turning so fast. Sometimes you got to do some maneuvers. Slide the rear tire, hit the gas at the right moment. Yeah, that's good stuff. I don't know what analog. Yeah, and that's in that a, situation. a technique that you don't want to do on road. Yeah, I think that's no. probably what I tried to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's not that's not a a technique you want to try on road because the tire grips while you're sliding your bike sideways, uh, and you you're going to high side, so it's going to toss you off the the bike so yeah luckily it turned out okay it's definitely a dirt technique and that's what's challenging i think chappy riding like dual sport on road off road because there are some opposite techniques and oh absolutely i I gotta say like um i ride a kx250 vintage 1988 in vintage motocross races when i had my ninja the, no, no, Kawasaki Ninja. Oh, 
Not the Japanese ninja. Okay, okay. When I would get on that bike, the seated position was so different from my motocross bike that it didn't bother me. Because it's like you're leaned over, and then on the KX, I'm upright. So the muscle memory differentiating didn't bother me so much. When I bought the BMW, the position is the same. So spending so much time on the BMW, when I went to the racetrack, it was totally, I wanted to do the wrong things. It was like my mind was all screwed up. That's because, tough. Yeah. Because on the road, you lean into the turn. Your, uh, your weight doesn't really matter. You don't have to wait towards the front or towards the back, depending on what you're doing or what you're going over. Uh, there's just so many, like you don't need to keep your fingers on your clutch and your brake the way you do. On, <laughs> on, you know, I'm laughing because that's how I learned to ride. And so right. if I do, if I do, uh, I can't remember how many miles it is to your house. 2000, I'm going to say ish. Yeah. It's 24. For okay, whatever. So 36 for hours. For 2,400 miles, let's say, when I ride out to you, my right finger and left finger are going to be on the levers the whole time. That's just how I ride off-road. Yeah, I mean, you're going to you're gonna spend so much time on the road that you're going to, like, flatten out your hands because you need a break, and then you're going to, like, take them off and just rest the whole hand like draped over the handlebars there. I mean, when you ride I may get for into hours, that. yeah. When you ride for hours on the road, you need to, to change things up like that. But when I went down to Arizona, it was 996 miles to meet Tim. Um, the whole time, you know, it's just how I ride. My, my fingers are on the controls. Yeah, your yeah. hands end up getting uh it sucks, yeah. Tired. Yes, it does. And when it's cold, um both my fingers that I left on the levers, it might not sound like much, but they were like frozen. Yeah, well, I mean that's a- another thing with having the heated grips on the beamer. Um I got heated grips now. Yeah, when it's cold you take the fingers off the levers and i mean i usually ride with my fingers on the lever because like you said i've been doing it for so long but i mean that's just another thing that i was pointing out with the differences yeah the riding position was the same but it it, it was different you know technique and it like i was totally screwed up i did not feel comfortable on my dirt bike at all that summer did you ever play ice hockey and then play roller hockey uh no i never play roller hockey oh it's, it's kind of the same idea <laughs> didn't have it when i was growing up you know how you stop on ice i know you do yes turn to the side push your foot yeah. out dig it into the ice you do that with your roller blades i don't know if it's high side or low side but you're going down on one side <laughs> yeah we didn't have roller blades so if you wanted to go roller skating, they only had those four wheel. I know. That's how I grew up. I was the king of that, like picking up the chicks at the roller skating rink. That's why I wouldn't let my kids, my daughters go to the roller rink. 
I'm like, no, 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 no. I know what I did there. You ain't fucking going there. They still talk about it. Dad, we never got to go roller skating. Yeah. There's a reason. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so. Says Mr. Mormon. <laughs> hey, don't you know? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, See, I mean, that's that's another uh, area, you know, like the. You just had to be more conscious. Yeah, I mean, on road, unless you're going through traffic and stuff like that, and you might have to stop dead having your fingers there. Don't. It yeah. It doesn't really matter. You're not racing. Like, uh, if you're yes, racing. Yes, I am in two weeks. If you're racing on the road or in the dirt, to let, you need to be holding on to those levers. And I'm not trying to play the, the dumb idiot character, but I mean, I pretty much am. But I'm just saying that because people see me with my fingers on the levers when they're just pretty much predominantly street riders and they're, they don't, they don't get it. But any of my friends that are off-road people, they're like, they get it, but they're also like, you know, when you're doing a thousand mile stretch, you don't have to have your fingers there all the time. <laughs> yeah, but it's habit. Yeah. So basically you have to just be more conscious when you're on and off-road that there are some differences and you have to be mentally aware to change that, right? Yes. Right. Um, I mean, another thing, um, when you're riding on the street, you don't have to worry about your, your weight shift uh, fore and aft. I mean, um, on a dirt bike, when you're getting on the throttle, you need to shift your weight forward uh, in some situations. In some situations, you need to shift your weight back. Yeah. I'm, you know, back because yeah. you want to weight your rear wheels so you can get some get traction. Traction coming out of the corners and stuff. And forward so that you're not kissing the front wheel as it goes yes. up. <laughs> right. Uh, depending on the. The terrain you're going over. And stuff. I mean, if it's a hot chick next to you, then you hit the throttle and sit on the back of the seat. Give her a little wave with your foot that's not on the brake side, your left there's, foot. There's you know. no gothic chicks on dirt bikes. I oh, that's right. There's no gothic moto campy chicks you showed me. You got close, but she don't camp, so. <laughs> you don't know that. I know that. She has no pictures of her in a tent. Maybe. Yeah, that doesn't mean she doesn't camp. Just means she doesn't post it. She could pitch my tent anytime. <laughs> oh. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, now I got that comment out. Put the kids to bed. That's right. If I don't get a here we go out of you in each podcast, I haven't done my job correctly. I've already done that five times. Well, then I'm on a roll. Son of a bitch, put me away. Lock me in the cage. <laughs> You're headed there. Probably, probably. So, uh, what else What else can we talk about here? What else can we talk about? Slow turns. Already? Slow Are turns. Already? No, 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 no. I'm just trying to think ahead here. We got slow turns. We got some turning techniques. Braking. Yeah, so, like, when you get into your dirt bikes... Um, your turns, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to practice your turns, but your turns are going to be uh, a little bit different. Um, you're going to practice weighting the pegs and getting your foot up out of the Here's one that will throw you for a loop, maybe. Because 
from what I understand, you've done more motocross type trail riding stuff mostly, right? Like, Yeah, pretty much from the beginning. So in two weeks, I'm doing a desert race. Now, I said I'm racing. What I do is not considered racing, but I'm going to the race and trying to participate. Okay. That's what I do. I don't, I don't like race for trophies. I just go to enjoy myself. My whole goal is to make it to the end, to finish. Yes. Because it literally almost killed me. But speaking of turning, it's just a different technique that I've had to work on and still trying to get better at. But doing turns in desert racing, a lot of times we're doing standing turns. Like standing, like you're still standing on the bike? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I wasn't uh, sure if you were talking about like the uh, Papa Wheelie turn. Working on those two, but that's not for the desert race. That's for following Johnny Mac. But no, standing, standing and turning. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, you can do that. I mean, you don't have to sit and put your leg out. I mean, that's that's for... That's mainly for like if you're taking corners in like deep ruts where yeah. your your peg might hit the the ground because you don't want to rip your foot off that peg. Yeah. One of the main reasons for getting your foot off of there. So like if you're if you're standing, I mean, there's no reason why you can't. You're just still the same technique. You're still waiting. Your outside peg. Yeah, definitely. It's just a little different standing. It feels different. Yeah, you're still, you're leaning. Instead of sitting your butt crack on the corner of the seat, you're maneuvering your body to that side of the bike, and you're still pushing down on that leg. Yeah, and so to keep it real simple for myself, if it's like a 90-degree turn or close to it, then I'm sitting like motocross, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And this is keeping it simple for me. And if it's a 45-degree bend or whatever, I'm standing. And if I'm taking it at speed. But how I learned that, I'm leaning forward. I've got my leg pushed into the gas tank. uh, My outside leg pushing the bike down. And I just let the handlebars freely. So basically drifting the back wheel in a very controlled manner. Well, supposed to be controlled. You said, you said that as like a question. Controlled, man? Yeah, it was a question because I was like, oh, maybe somebody seen me ride. Maybe I should. Uh, <laughs> That's how it's taught. Anyway, I'm just uh, mentioning that because there's just so many different techniques for different situations. and Yeah, uh, there is. Um, it's, um, well, I mean, you should be on the balls of your feet. Um the easiest way to grip the bike is quit busting my balls. Turn your toes inward. Yeah, and that's a good that practice. A, that accomplishes two things. One, it gets your toe from hanging off the bike where yes. it can get caught on something and your foot gets ripped off. It turns it in towards the motor. And number two, it forces your knees to squeeze the seat right behind the tank. And I'm sure most of us have experienced or heard of arm pump. Yeah, I don't get it that often anymore. That's probably because you turn your toes in and squeeze the bike with your legs, right? Hmm. When you don't squeeze the bike with your legs. You have to hang on. You hang on like 
Yes. And like he man. Yeah. Arnold, I'm gripping these bars. And then, <clears> you, then your hands become Get numb. to the chopper. Get to the chopper. I'm taking the governorship back. Oh, wait. Nobody lives here no more. What am I governor of? Yeah. But yes, uh, that's another thing. Uh, when you're on a street bike, you still should be gripping the bike with your legs. Uh, because that's what is supposed to be holding you on the bike. You're not supposed to be hanging onto the handlebars. You're supposed to be gripping your your handlebars loosely. Your hands should be like like you're holding an egg. That is crazy. I wow. believe you 100%, but I have always just gripped like... Like I'm going to the gym to do bench presses or something. Well, that would be why you're you're getting arm pump. Yeah, shoulder pump, exhaustion. Yeah, yeah. But that's true. I mean, your hands are on the controls to control, right? And your legs right. are holding you on the bike is how it should be. Yes. Another thing is, um, roll your throttle in your palm rather than what? Yeah, you just like. You can. Wow. That's advanced use techniques. Your, yeah. That's you advanced use your, techniques. Okay. Use your fingers in your palm to like roll the throttle rather than twisting. Because if you're doing this, your arm is not in position anymore to grab the brake. Very good. Very good catch there. So there, I mean, there's definitely, there's like subtle techniques and. Yes. And that can transfer to the street, which makes it more comfortable for long travel. Yeah. And having a bike like mine, I don't have cruise control currently. So think about that for 2,400 miles. Uh, yeah. You can get these little clamps that you can yeah. put on there. I have seen those cheap. and, and I've, I've thought about them. I just like visions of it's that cheap. getting stuck. In my head. Well, no, it doesn't <laughs> clamp the throttle that that tight. So yeah, I, mean, you I, I still know. you could still like forcibly rotate the throttle. And I've seen some really clamp. good, really good reviews on them, like positive. Yeah, we're talking like what twenty to forty bucks. Yeah, I'll definitely be grabbing one of those. But I've done a thousand miles and not had cruise control, and it, it does. Uh, it does add up on your arm. Well, yeah, because if That's... you have that, you can switch arms and one-hand it. That would be awesome. Because you can kind of take a break, give your arms a break. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. I mean, what I'm taking away from it is uh, study up and practice, and then remember when you're on-road or off-road that there are differences, and just be aware. Yeah, because, um, well, like, on-road, if you're coming to a stop, you can get on that front brake really hard. Whereas if you do that in the dirt and that front tire starts, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Just, <clears throat> you need to be a little more 60-40 uh, in the dirt. You really, and again, here's where the weight comes in. If you're going to start getting on your front like that, you, yeah, you need to, to lean back. Lean back. Because the last thing you want is that tired to bite too much i'm only laughing because i didn't really start riding motorcycles i mean i had a little bit off and on but let's just say 42 years old okay 
started seriously riding motorcycles. Prior to that, most of my experience on two wheels was bikes when mm. I was a kid, which had handbrakes. So when I started riding dirt bikes, I did not really use my rear brake. And I found out really quickly what happens when you hit all front brake in the sand or soft dirt. <laughs> I, I know people that don't use their front brake much at all. They just use their rear. It's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's like Squatch. Really? He loves to drag that and like, he loves to slide. Like, that's pretty much how he turns. Just controlled rear brake and leaning and the rear wheel does the turn for him. He loves that shit. It's too easy to get out of control that way. That's what I think is a older, wiser person, but he's young and he just loves to do it. He's damn good. Like the other day, he's on my bike. I just got cone valves put in my 300 from a company called Psycho. Psycho. Uh, S-C-I Co. Like science yes. company or psycho. So tell everybody what those are. Uh, Cone valves, uh, you've seen like, uh, say, Tomac or uh, Roxen, the pros. They have special suspension. Very expensive, probably, I don't know, $2,000 to $3,000 forks. Yes. And it has a cone-type device inside. It just changes how the fluid works. And I'm not the scientist. You've got... Uh... A dampening valves, basically. Yes. Yeah. So basically it means it's a plush kind of stiff fork, but it's smooth. And my layman understanding or explanation of it is basically in the mid strokes where I notice it. But if, if I'm going across and I hit something like a curb yep. or a big rock, all of a sudden it like it doesn't bottom. It just slowly kind of, it's kind of like being on a trampoline is what they feel like. Hmm. Anyway, he, he is engineering those. And, um, I mean, cone valves, like I said, for front and rear suspension is probably five or six grand. That's why the pros have them and us laymen don't. Huh. And he's trying to dial them in so that you could have them done for, I don't know, under 2000 or maybe 1500 I don't know all the specifics. But I tried them for the first time this weekend. It's awesome. Who makes those, Johnny? Yeah, Johnny. Psycho. <laughs> Pretty cool. Sounds I'll give like you more, he, more info like as named, I get he it. He named his uh, business after you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was present when he was talking about the name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's what he was intending, no, but I just wanted to give you a hard time. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. He told me he's hanging out. Too much with me, I'm rubbing off on yeah. him. Because he went to the dentist and he might have a cavity now. <laughs> and I told him, yeah, I'm hanging out with you too much. I actually became responsible for a oh. week. What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Insane. It's fun, man. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, and no, psycho. <laughs> those aren't uh, those aren't the only techniques. I mean, there's there's tons of other techniques, especially when you get into the dirt. Um, 
like there's different turns and stuff like that that we won't get into. It's just, I mean, because we're yeah, we're I mean, pushing, we're just trying to get yeah, people thinking, close to an hour right? Already, it's um, holy shit, yeah, man. the time flies when we get together. I haven't even said holy shit, don't you know? Wait, now you just did. I did, and brought to you by the Don't You Know Hotel. <laughs> Come visit it out here in Utah. That's right. It'll be at the race on the 27th. I'll be the one sitting on the bed of the trailer looking like I'm about to die. And the paramedics probably be tending to me saying, are you okay, sir? (sighs) It's been a long time since I raced. And even when I did, it was like that. Like I give every ounce of sweat kills me. These are like 90 mile desert races you know wow i just do them kind of to hang out with the people and see if i can finish i'm not like competing it's kind of fun but man it's literally i'm pushing myself to the edge so it's cool vince said uh squat said yeah i just i get worried every after every race when we go back to the camp i'm like why is that he's like because you look like you're literally gonna fucking die (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> oh. But how do you know until you push yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all for fun. I mean, I I only do like four laps around the motocross track, but by the time that four laps is done, I'm usually whooped. And thankfully, we've got a couple hours till we have to go back out again. That's nice. That's not how ours are. These assholes like to uh, put four miles of whoops. At the end, Mm. you know, after you beat yourself up for 60 or 70 miles here, let's throw in four miles worth of Mm. whoops. (laughs) I never used to mind the whoops. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when you're on, you're on, but when you're off, whoops become real pain in Mm. the ass. Don't off. (laughs) Well, that's easier. That's easier in the first thirty miles than the last. Yeah, three. no, I've never, <laughs> I've never gone on a long distance uh, endurance run like that. I can imagine that would be. Uh, I don't know. I can't imagine that would be fun. It's um, Johnny Mac calls fun type one fun type two fun type three fun. Uh, you ride with Johnny Mac. There's never type one fun fun. Type one would be uh, fun right now in the moment fun okay type two fun johnny mac fun is fun later when you survive it go home and you're talking about it oh that was fun what the hell's type three type three we don't talk about <laughs> we don't talk about because it. it wasn't fun <laughs> yeah type three is the kind that it's hard to even make up a story to make it sound fun okay we're, we're gonna have nothing but type one fun on the BDF. That's good. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Type 2 is okay, but uh, yeah. BDRs are more geared for type 1 fun. Just relaxing, enjoying. and Yeah. So, speaking of BDRs, do our research portion of the podcast. We're planning on doing the M-A-B-D-R and the N-E-B-D-R in succession, all in one trip. N-E-B-D-R? Does that mean we no. get to pick one? N-E, not any. 
New England PDR? Northeast. Or is it Northeast? Okay. Just remember, you. whatever you think it is, it's wrong. It's the other one. It's the other one? <laughs> That's how I remember. Okay. I just always think <laughs> like New England Patriots or something. Every time I see it, I just think New England. I'm not saying I like football. Well, the but Patriots didn't get to the Super Bowl this year, but Brady did. No, they didn't, but but oh, their Brady did, and he won it again. Nah, 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 nah. Whatever. I hate football. <laughs> so Okay, we'll, we'll the, just cut that out. The research, Back to the BDR. N-E is Northeast yes. BDR, which goes from where, Chappie? Where does it start? Okay, so finish? let's start with the, the M-A BDR, which is Mid-Atlantic. Okay. Uh, that starts in Damascus, Virginia, Woo-hoo. which is right on the border of Virginia and North Carolina. So, and I believe, if I remember correctly, it dips down into North Carolina a little bit. So we're going to be in Virginia, North Sweet. Carolina. Um, but what I did was I mapped out using the BDR maps on the Ride BDR mm-hmm. website. And I had Google Maps, and I followed the roads on both looking for gas stations and uh, camping sites that I pinned on Google Maps, which Google will save to my phone. So when we're on the trip, we'll have options. I also... Options are good. Using the, uh, the Ride BDR website map, they give you the miles for each section. So I figure trying to keep it as close as possible and looking at where we're going to be able to have like campsites and stuff. Because sometimes we're going to be so far away from towns and whatnot, there's not going to be like gas or anything like that. So, right. But it's also going to limit our abilities to camp and stuff like that. So, um, I know you mentioned that you wanted to stay at, the dancing hotel. So now, what did I? Wait, wait, wait a minute, Cappy. Wait, I don't remember this conversation. So, uh, what do you mean you don't remember which hotel? The dancing hotel. Will you please dirty, explain? Dirty that dancing hotel. That sounds. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I I do want to stop in there if nothing else. We can stay there. Be great. It's just past. I would it's like to just see past it. the end. Is where it's eight miles past the end of uh, section one. So I figure, cool. It's going to take us a day to get there. And you can call me whatever. You can call bullshit, but it's not. That's more for my wife, so I can. Yeah, I pictures. mean, and it's. Tell her I'm her Patrick Swayze. What it's the a fuck ever, perfect you know, spot. Just, and if we decide not to, there's a campground that's not too far away. But depending on the, and this is the whole thing, COVID. If it's gone, which I don't think it's going to be gone, but if it's like, un, well, it should be, but if it's under not. control, we're going to have an easier time getting in places. Yeah. That's that's a big that's a big question mark, yes. right? Like we're gonna have to adapt one right. way or another. If it's 
the same as it is now, some places are closed. Some places are going to be even more out of business or whatever because people aren't traveling. Yeah. As long as we can get gas. Well, yeah. We'll yeah, I don't think happen, gas is going to be too much. We might have to deviate. No, most places you can swipe your card. I mean, gas. what do you get for uh, tank fall on your? Well, I have the I have the tanks now on the sides, so I can get probably two fifty sides. Yeah, my shrouds are now oh. gas tanks, so I can probably get two fifty per tank. Okay, we're going to be close. Yeah. So I'm going to have a three and a half so, gallon. I mean, I so seventy-one ish. Yeah. I don't imagine there's too many spots where we'll go more than a hundred miles without seeing a gas uh, station. Uh, down there is a little more like out by you than it is up here. Yeah. So. Like Idaho, we went 110 miles between gas stations, I think was our longest. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, state forests and yeah. stuff. Basically, every time we see a gas station, oh, absolutely. we just fill so, up. And we should be all right. Section one, if we start out in the morning, this is going to be like the shortest day. It's 138 miles. So we'll be able to take our time for yeah. day one. Make sure that we're, yes. That's good. No rush. Take our time. Stop as much as we want type of thing. At the end of section one, it's eight miles to the Dirty Dancing Hotel. Dirty Dancing. And it's only a couple miles up the road for the next campground. So give cool. or take whatever we want to do. Um. The next day, we can do all of Section 2, which is only like 79 miles. And then if we do two-thirds of Section 3, there's a few campgrounds in that area. And they look pretty decent. Uh, it would be like a 225-mile day. Which isn't bad for day two. It's 225. Shouldn't be. Part that'll get interesting is just the terrain. Right? Yeah, and it looks like it's a mix of uh, back roads and dirt. And the MA, the MA BDR is like supposed to be one of the easiest. Yes. So that that's in our favor. So like when we have longer days, that'll be in our favor. Right. Um, day three, uh, 191 miles. We'll finish section three. And finish section four, which should dump us off at another good spot where there's plenty camping, gas and stuff like that. Gas up. Day four is the long day. It's uh, section five, six, and seven. There doesn't Ooh. seem to, yeah, there doesn't seem to be a lot of near town stuff. Well, that's Not, good because that should mean we should be able to camp anywhere around there. Possibly. Well, I mean, if you want to stop early, that's just it. Yeah, I'm just it, saying when we're that far out, usually we could find like a dispersed spot to camp or something. Right. But the if problem, we have to. But the problem is 
if you decide to do that in the areas where there's legal camping, they're like right in the middle of the day. Cause you're, we're only going to be like 120 miles in. Well, maybe we'll do some illegal camping, Chappy. You just <clears throat> never know. But if we can finish seven, there's plenty of campsites and hotels in that area. It's 257 miles. But it seems like it's going to be quick moving. Uh, even at 250 miles, it's it's a, a longer day. But that might be one of those where we just have to make sure we get up and get moving is, you know, a little bit quicker than we normally would or something. Than on other days, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, there's, I've also like, I've tagged things on my Google Maps all the way through, like gas stations that are going to be important, that are close to the route, but that we're not going to go by, different campsites, like if we're running behind, we need to stop somewhere along yeah. Route 6 or Route 7, there are plenty of legal campsites all through the state forest. But your talk of you want to be able to have fire rings and stuff like that, depending on weather and whatnot, you know. Yeah. August is one yeah, of we'll those see. months. That, That's good. We'll have all these uh, on your phone. And then yeah. I've, got, I've got the paper map, which gives you some of those too, like – yeah, there's not as many on the. They seem on the to be, site. There's not, but on the paper map, it it shows you like fuel stops and mileage between fuel stops. Right. So, and then yeah. if we're able to do five, six, and seven, the next day is fairly easy because eight and nine is only 187 miles. And then once we finish, it's only two hours to the town where the new uh, northeast starts. I think we should do a hotel there where that starts. Yeah, I figured by by the time we get well, I mean, if we just do to a celebrate. Ho- well, I mean, if we do a hotel at the end of day one, it's going to be one, two, three. That'll be our fourth day. So we might want one by then. Yeah. So- I'm sure there'll be a day somewhere in our ride where we're just going to want to sit in yeah. the sky. And we'll, I don't, we'll be I don't in know. New York by then, too. So, Whatever. I'm going to want to ride fast through there. Why? I heard they have giants. I don't want to fucking get eaten by a giant. <laughs> They're actually in New Jersey. <laughs> See how old I am and how long it's been since I watched that sport, but no. But um, I don't know nothing about New York except I don't want to go to New York City. Okay. Yeah, we won't be close. I don't ever want to see that many people in that compact of space. Like per square mile capita, I would, I'd shoot myself. I'd have a panic attack. I figure if we can make this happen, it's five days, which isn't bad. Um, Day four is going to be the the longest, and it's an extra twenty miles. So it's you're you're talking an extra hour, depending on speeds. You know, you yeah. know maybe that day we do less 
off the bike filming. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know what what's going to happen. That's the beautiful part of it, Chappie. We don't know exactly. Right. But once we get to the New England BDR, things are going to be a lot easier because in New York, uh, southern, eastern New York, and in here in Massachusetts, there's not a whole lot of space in between. You know, you can get off the BDR at any time and go get gas or uh, lodging or anything like that. So some Mexican food. Yeah, I don't think I'm not. I don't think I want to eat Mexican food on the BDR. Oh no, would that give you problems? Yeah. Well, could. All right, we'll find you a burger joint or whatever. And I'll just well, I mean, we can get go some to chips Mexican, and salsa. Go to a Mexican place. I'll just stay away from the beans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lay off the beans, the magical fruit. Hmm. Yeah, but if I do. If we do go to the Mexican place, I'm I'm riding lead. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Why is that? Don't you know? So you can ride through the cloud. <laughs> I'm gonna get you those special underpants. What? Have you filter? seen those? Yeah, they, they got, got like a charcoal, <laughs> a, a charcoal filter or some shit. I think that's a real thing. I've seen an ad for them. I swear. Oh, I wouldn't put it past anybody. <laughs> Fart filter pants. Depending how bad you are with the beans. So far, that's the research I've done. I mean, I'll go back through the the map and like tag more places. But um, that's good. Just uh, just remain open to a little, uh, little, little whatever. A little head shake. A little whatever. <laughs> a little whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm open. I just, I just wanted to because of the time that we're going to have. Yeah, I wanted to see. Oh, I'm digging what was going to be possible. Digging what you're throwing down. Just yeah. I mean, you've said some sections are hard, you know. Well, and there's or well, there's a lot of places if we're if we're um, running low on time or something like like that. There's a lot of loops that go back the other way, and then come back and meet the road that we're on further yeah. down the line where yeah. we just take a 10 minute ride down the, the line and cut that little piece out. If we yeah. have to, hopefully we don't have to do that because some of those loops are really cool, but it's right. good to have that option. It is like good at to the, have, the end of four, um, you can either take the ferry spot. Wait a minute. Wait, no, no, no. Listen, listen. Don't interrupt. You either take the ferry cutoff or you can go around the loop that goes down by the, the old battle station where they, in the movie, remember, they were sliding the, the bikes down the hill and stuff like that. Remember the grass hill that they rode up mm-hmm. and they were falling over and stuff? Yeah. There's that place, but we can cut that little foot off. I think I want to see the battle place, Chappie. Now, or they went to the grave and stuff. Is it that one? Uh, no, I don't think so. Hmm. No, it was the old battlefield. Uh, like from the Civil War? Yes. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. I want to be ready for the second 
movie. No, seriously, though. I mean, if second we can, if movie. we have... Yeah, the real second Civil War. Anyway, I digress. You can you can chap you can chappy me that one out. That's yeah, that's not gonna happen. But no, um, I sure hope not. So, but I do like I'm interested in like history shit like that. So if we yeah. have time, I'd like to see that. But yeah, and we'll have to see because I mean, I'm open. This to is this section is gonna lay the groundwork for. What's to come? Because I, I think uh, it's going to take longer to do the Northeast. I do too. It's more challenging, especially once we get up into Vermont. Why is that, eh? Because the uh, the roads start getting a lot harder. All right. They're saying that's probably the second hardest. Very close oh. to the California. All right. I hope it's just not for the same reason called sand. No. There's okay, no good. it's not sand. If it's, it's rock, then that's fine. Yes. It's like well, you saw did you saw the video, right? Like Punisher type shit. Yeah, baby. You gotta bring a beer can in case we have to JB weld our engine. Is it that spot? No, where, it was for where Jocelyn had to? Oh. No. I didn't know exactly where that was, but no, Jocelyn. It was just like the washboard. She decided to launch it and didn't realize there was another one on the other side. So she landed in the dip. <laughs> and the you rest know. is history. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, she landed on the face of the next jump basically that's what i'm talking about with whoops you're either in the groove or you're out of the groove when you're out of the groove you're landing wrong yeah well you're supposed to skim the top or you're supposed to jump them but yes landing on the face of the next jump is not a good thing supposed to land on the downside yeah it's good for video but that's about it that's the only thing it's good for she launched off a nice little lip and hey you know she had some problems. They got them taken care of, and she finished the whole route because she's a badass. With bent forks. With bent forks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's not, I mean, that's what I've done so far. I mean, I'll, like I said, I'll research more. I didn't look into, like, dispersed camping sites. These were all just, like, camping camping sites. Because I yeah, figure no, good. if we stop at one of those and it's only $20 for a campsite, uh, most of them had electricity, so we could cool. plug in our, you know, cameras and shit like that, and not have to worry. Yeah. About, you know. The other thing about that too is if you usually find a legal one like that, usually right around there would be like where the dispersed would be. So, so it's good both ways, right? Yeah. Yes, I like it. I like it, and you know, having options like you said is gonna help us yeah and i don't mind paying 20 bucks for a campsite i mean if, if did you hear that chappie's buying the campsite <laughs> yeah well i mean i'm like kidding I, i'm kidding i hope to be I chipping in here well no I, I wouldn't mind i mean if we had a choice of going to a dispersed campsite where we can't have a fire or going to a campsite that costs 20 bucks to put up two tents 
and we get electricity, there's showers and toilets. If there's showers and toilets, it's totally worth it. I would much rather pay 20 bucks. Yeah. Now, if it's 50 bucks a campsite, then... uh, Most of them seem to be in the 20. I mean, one of them was $20 for no electric or 22 for electric. That's pretty good. For out $2 here, sometimes they get outrageous. Electric. Like I've seen campgrounds out here for like 65 bucks. Yeah, oh my God. You can almost get a hotel for a tent? that much. Yeah. yeah. Not not all of them, but I have I have seen it. Yeah, I would be. I mean, $60 for a tent or 100 bucks for a hotel. I'm staying in a hotel. Now, don't get me wrong. On some of the BDR rides, there's some nights like... After long, long days, you know, where I would have paid 65 just to lay down and go to sleep. But <laughs> I bet. I'm not going to make that a habit for sure. No. No, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And options are good. Okay. So Rodney left us a comment. It says, there's a new Reckless 40 coming out. It has a better beaver tail like the 80. Glad you're back, Cody. That is awesome. I love the 80 beaver tail. I didn't know the the 40 and the 80 were that much different. A little bit. Um, so I, I have the uh, duffel bag, too, that was from the backcountry setup that I had, Moscow backcountry. Yep. It's a 40-liter duffel, and that beaver tail is amazing. Like, I could put a full thing of camp firewood whole bundle of it in that beaver tail well see now the 40 that uh it's on the website it looks the same it's got the two pieces that fold over yeah they're probably them together a little smaller on the 40 i don't know i don't know but But the beaver tail is awesome it's extra storage yeah and then uh says hi i do not ride motorbikes nor do I always know what you guys are talking about, but I love to listen. Well, thank you. We neither. Yeah, she's, well, thank you. Neither do we half the time know what we're talking yes. about, but we appreciate you listening. And she says, I have finally caught up on all podcasts. I am sure there is a reason. I'm going to ask why anyway. Why do you not have video of your podcasts? Would well, like to watch your facial that. expressions as much as listening to what you say. I'm going to take this one, Chappie, and you can fix it after I mess fix it up. Fix it. I but, will uh, fix it. There's a reason the that wrench. we are. <laughs> there's a reason we are doing podcasting, just like there's a reason there are TV newscasters and there are radio show hosts. Most people yes. do not want to see my facial expressions. <laughs> And she also says, what if, oh, I also have a what if question. Oh, we're going to do it today then. She gets to what if. No. Is that all right? Well, we should add it to the list. Because there's others there. Ah. Because, yeah, we still have, I think, seven. I tried to. Yeah, well, we need to keep it fair. But we'll put it in the list. But she says, what if you are a motorbike bike and did not have a motorbike. What are the options and how would you get the perfect motorbike? I'm just going to answer that real quick. You'd have to just change your name to Mike. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, but that, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That's awesome. Uh, yes. So now that we've got those comments out of the way, let's get into the what if. What if, elf motherfucker? What if? Okay, here comes the what if, elf motherfucker, to your house. What if? Yes. All right. So, let's give a spin on the spinner there, Mr. Spinner Man. What's, uh, we got what? How many? Eight. Eight. And the spinner says... Five. Five. Ooh. Number five. Oh, man. What? What? Now, if you could see his expression right now, you'd be as scared as I am. What the fuck does that mean? Yes. Is this a hard one Uh, or something? No, this one comes from Abby. Oh, boy. (laughs) Abby, you're in trouble. Have you ever been stranded on a trip? (laughs) What did you do to solve the issue? (laughs) I'm going to let Chappie take this one for a minute, and then I'll chime in. (laughs) Um, I have not. Well, you were. Kind of. uh, Actually, I mean, I I was kind of stranded. So um, I went to Arizona with my wife and the kids to visit my mom. Uh, when we were on our way back, we got... You got the, stranded at your mom's house? No. Oh, that could be terrible. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> when we were dropped off at the airport and we were checking in and everything, um... We got to the gate and we were getting ready to load onto the plane. The lady that was at the gate said that there were supposed supposed to be thunderstorms in Chicago. And she said, if you can run back out and talk to the, the person at the, the counter and, you know, figure out what you want to do. Because if we ended up in Chicago and thunderstorms canceled the flight, uh, I went back out. The wife stayed in by the, where they were going to load onto the plane with the kids. And you got security checked? Uh, No. This was before all that. Oh. So, um, basically what happened was uh, there were thunderstorms in Chicago. And if we got on the plane, we could have gotten into Chicago and they could have not had any planes taking off. They were not liable because it's an act of God. So it would have been one of those where we would have to sleep at the airport with two little kids. So um, what we did was they said we could give you a flight out tomorrow. So I called my mom and we ended up going back and staying at her place for one extra night and flew out the next day. That was as close as I've ever been to being stranded. Thankfully. Lucky you. Lucky you. Yeah. And and you were close to mom, so mom could help you out. Yes. Well, let's put it this way. My uh, 
I think Abby already knows this story. Yeah, I think that's why she asked that question. Yeah. I was stranded recently. <laughs> you were? I was in Where Minnesota. Where did you get stranded? Minnesota, don't you know? Minnesota? Yeah, of all places, you didn't Minnesota. Get How the hell did that happen? An act of God or the devil <laughs> or Nissan. God. <laughs> it could have been the fucking mechanic that Gajira. was drinking beer. Gajira. Gajira. <laughs> Gajira. Don't Nissan. you know? Yeah, Nissan. Yeah, so I went to pick up a trailer. For a race trailer, it has a couple beds in it that fold up on the wall, and it's mostly a toy hauler with a pooper right. and a shower. With a pooper. Thank God it no had toilet. a heater. No toilet, only a pooper. Yeah, yeah, just a pooper. And uh, a microwave. So anyway, I get uh, get to the place, and uh, I needed to hook up my trailer lights because the wires had come undone. And the place was closing, so the salesman's like just come to my house and do that i'll just take you a minute get to his house my truck uh truck won't keep running terrible sound coming from it uh anyway he said uh just stay here in your in your camper trailer tonight in his yard and i think that lasted five friday or six days i can't remember yeah that was a friday yeah, so I stayed there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, right. Wednesday. Well, you got, you're you're like leaving out like it's not like you got the it was like dark on Friday. It was like everything yeah, it's dark was on closing. Friday. I'm in the middle yes. of nowhere. Okay, right. So there's no, but nothing was open Saturday or Sunday. No, and it's not like. Uh, it's not like I could get an Uber. They told me there is no Uber in this town of 3,800 people or less. 3,800. Uh, so there's no Uber. A taxi would have charged me 60 miles to get to me plus then whatever. So that was out. So, I mean, I am stranded. I, I All I can do is be in my in my camper. And, well, not my camper. Right. Enterprise camper. wouldn't pick you up. Enterprise said only 10 miles. And I was a good 40 or 60 miles from them. So, uh, anyway, so there's uh, there's these guys, and they're drinking with this salesman. Two nights, they're drinking with me. Uh, I think it was the third or fourth night when one of them says, yeah, man, I'm a mechanic. You want me to take a look at your truck, eh? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, uh, I asked that guy to take a look at the truck. He told me, don't get it towed Monday morning. Uh, I'll bring home some parts. We'll try those. And then if that doesn't work, then Tuesday morning, you can haul it to my shop. So Monday comes. I wait for him. He shows up with a spark plug, not the other part he was supposed to bring. Spark plug didn't fix it. And uh, he said, oh, you, you got trouble, don't you know? I remember these words clearly. You got trouble, don't you know? I think it's your engine. Tuesday comes. I get it hauled in. I get a call back. Yeah, four of eight cylinders have no compression. What do you want to do? (laughs) Anyway, to make a long story longer, I was pretty much stranded. So I found out you can't rent trucks. 
and go out of state one way other than a U-Haul. A U-Haul you can. Uh Uh-huh. That's how I got home. A U-Haul, five miles per gallon. Cost me about two grand between the U-Haul and gas to get home. But I brought that fucking trailer home. It got to its owner. And it is now the Don't You Know Hotel. The Don't You Know Hotel. Don't you know? Don't you know. So how I fixed it was I told the wife, let's leave the truck here and fucking forget it. And she told me I was fruit fruit loops crazy. <laughs> that ain't going to happen, Cody. So the fuck it's not. I need to get home. Yeah. So. That would have been a heavy tow bill. Yeah, 1100 bucks. No, I mean, like, to to tow the truck and... And the trailer? Yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, uh, it's been a long story. Ordered a new used engine. That's going to take two weeks, business days, to get to the mechanic. Then he'll put it in. Hopefully everything works. Then I fly out, and I get to go back to Minnesota, don't you know? Are you going to fly out? Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get the fuck out. Mm. I can't be stranded in Minnesota no more. That was, That's going to be one video on my channel. And that's it. I can't be stranded again. Mm. I'll be calling you, Chappie. Come get me, please. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, Abers, that's, uh, that's my stranded story. I've been stranded many times, but that was the most recent and the most... Epic failure, I guess. Mm. It's just funny because uh, I sent you a text about some jackass trying to stick me in a rocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who would do that, Chappie? Oh, my God. I had the weirdest freaking dreams. Friday night, I went out and had a few drinks and. A few Minnesota sippers? No, but uh, I don't know. The alcohol gave me weird dreams. I was like, I had these two little kids living in an apartment below me. And somehow they were my kids, but my <laughs> my real daughter was watching them, and I was being evicted. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, <laughs> me and you are freaking wrenching on this rocket because we're gonna like take a three-day trip up in the rocket and your daughter abby was trying to talk us out of it <laughs> so i am telling you i don't dream like that but it was some weird astrian they were so weird i remembered them and those two things kept playing back and forth back and forth it's like holy shit is this a crotch yeah. rocket that we're wrenching on no, like a it real was a rocket. rocket. We were gonna shoot ourselves into space or something. <laughs> it was fucked up, man. <laughs> and because your daughter <laughs> seems to be your conscience, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I don't know that I can't, I don't know where our wives were, but we were just like hanging out in your backyard making rockets, rock- yeah. <laughs> it, I'm sitting in the freaking cockpit, bolting the freaking, bolting the freaking 
canopy down and shit like that. And it's like, oh, did I hit the go button? What happened? No, we never ended up launching, but I don't know what the hell that shit means. <laughs> it means that my family's telling me don't go out there, buddy. <laughs> no, not here. It's like uh, I was at your house. For some well, reason, maybe your truck would make it here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was fucked up. Well, I promise I won't build a rocket with you, okay? <laughs> but it's just funny that Abby's question was the one that was uh, picked. That is pretty funny. I'm going to shoot Crazy. you off into space, Jappy. Yeah, so we still have seven questions left. Um <laughs> As we said in the last podcast, if you want to get one, uh, just leave us a comment somewhere. Instagram, on the website, send us an email, YouTube. Um, We've been posting small clips of the videos on YouTube. Um, And we have Patreon. There's, uh, I think what we've decided was uh, an answer to Susie. When we're gonna put to up if a- yeah if we're gonna put up a full video of the podcast, uh, that's where it would be. Uh, Do it on Patreon. Patrons, yeah, the patrons would get access to that. We would so. and do appreciate any support because we're having a blast doing this, and uh, you know it takes time, takes a little money, so we appreciate your support. Yeah, even listening, but yeah, that'd be cool. Just a little extra for you to kind of see. Yes, how, how as of right now, with each other. yeah, as of right now, the the patrons get uh, early access, uh, and they get uh, a live stream periodically with us. So, if we ever reach a hundred patrons, I will shoot Chappie up into space with a rocket. Apparently, and that is not happening. I don't care how many patrons we get. <laughs> <laughs> what if I get NASA involved? Come on, we'll do it right. I don't know if I would be interested in going into space unless it was something along the the lines of, like, Star Trek. Have you seen what's going on in this world? Are you sure you don't want to try space? No. I'd go to space if I could take my motorbike. Yeah, there's no oxygen, so it ain't going to run. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you weren't going to be a Debbie Downer. <clears throat> Yeah. That's so, before I tried to shoot you off into a rocket. Yes. That's an interesting dream. I think you should stay away from the Friday night uh, beverages. <sighs> yeah, I i don't know what it was because uh, Ryan didn't feel all that well after his. Yeah, we had two drinks. Maybe you got roofied. Three hours. Maybe you got roofied. I don't know. It, two drinks in three hours. You know, I'm. Either you're a real fucking lightweight or uh, something was off. Yeah, it could be both. I mean, two drinks would fuck me up because I don't really drink unless I'm in Minnesota. But Yeah, but it was over three hours. You know, I should have been fine. With food. With food. Yeah, and I ate during the day, too. It's not like I was like, drinking on an empty stomach. I don't such know. a party animal, Chappie. You're such a party animal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that's, that'll do it for us today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, until next time, I'm Chappie. 
and brap, I am Cody. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Brap, 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 brap,